Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. You hear my voice first, Gareth Barker, because there is no Stephen Goldsmith again. He seems to slink off um, every time we've lost a game because I believe I was left to sort this mess out um, after we got humped at Portsmouth. So this time a slightly uh, less embarrassing defeat in many respects, but still a defeat all the same. Um, stepping in to the breach from a Wise Men Say perspective, um, is the editor-in-chief. We've got to say that, apparently, because Richard said he won't come on unless we do it. <laughs> it's uh, Richard Easterbrook. Hello, Richard. Hello, hello. We are right. Fresh from the old uh, Reactor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, a lot of Richard, Richard heavy week for for us all. And that, that's a good thing. <clears throat> it's been Richard heavy life for me, because I've known you for a very long time. It's been <laughs> constant Richard. Um, can't get too much of a good thing though, and we're also on that theme as well. Uh, we're joined by former Sunderland defender, player of the year twice, I believe. Um, and so more notably, now the uh co commentator um, for SEFC TV, Danny Collins. Good evening, Gareth. Good evening, Richard. How are we doing? All right, yes. yeah, yeah, over it. <clears throat> you know, the results. Yeah, he's not the ang- you're not the angriest you've ever been anymore, Richard. Is that, is that have you calmed down? I've I've calmed down. It was a it was a huge flashback on Saturday though. Like I, I was boasting during the week about oh yeah, boasting. I don't I don't get bothered about football anymore. And um yeah, I was I was a I was a different man there in row three on on Saturday afternoon. Um, saying a lot of things that I've I've probably come to regret now, and I've I've had I've had to issue a few apologies today. One, especially my daughter, who I yeah. turned the air blue in front of. I think she that was the the most swearing she's ever heard, and it was just from me. <laughs> Do you think um, it, it obviously with the, with the fact that you can't really see anything, Richard, um, from where you sit? <laughs> is it like a case of like of a if a, if a if a tree falls and nobody sees it fall, did it ever fall at all? Is it a case of a referee doesn't spot a handball in the box at the other end of the pitch, but you didn't see it? It it was never a handball in the first place. Well, that yeah, the... I missed I missed the 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 closest we got to scoring because um, I was in the toilets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I heard a huge roar, so I, I went running out. Obviously, I'd finished. What I, was <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> running out. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> There was, but there was a there was a guy in front of us. He 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 ran out first, and he slipped over on the beer because it's a south stand. <laughs> so he ended up in a puddle of beer on the floor on his back. <laughs> Did you stop um, for help? Or no, no, I thought there was a goal, so I was I was <laughs> kind of 
I was pegging it around the corner as well. You just trod on him on your way through. <laughs> just jumped over him. You're all right, mate. But um, yeah, all for nothing because because we'd only just hit the bar or the post or both. So yeah, I mean, I saw I saw enough. I saw enough that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to talk about it, don't we? Um, I mean, I probably should go to Danny first, considering he's you know. Got a better view than Richard. Much... <laughs> got a better view than Richard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's thirty-one thousand. Have a better it... view than me. Yeah. Um, a bad day. Was it just a bad day at the office? Can we? I know we've had a couple of defeats in the in the last sort of few league games. Um, can we just write? Can we write it off as a bad day at the office? Um, or is it just a, is is there it was there a lot wrong? Um, I, th- I think you, you have to give Charlton credit first up. I think um, with them, what what happened in the week, they'd had a, a bad result against Accrington Stanley. You know, two wins out of thirteen games, so they've been in bad form, and ultimately it cost Nigel Adkins his job. Um, so then Johnny Jackson steps in, rings the changes, five changes they made to the starting eleven. I thought I thought they were good after the first five minutes. I thought we we were bright. We had those two efforts. Um, Sirkin had the effort, the keeper parried away. And then Aidan O'Brien, once he, he chopped the Lavelle, I think it was, sat him down and he just couldn't, he was looking for that far corner. But it was a comfortable save again for the goalkeeper. So after that, I was thinking, right, we're going to get into our stride. We're carrying on from Tuesday night. But then the, the game just, just went away from us, really. I think, um, I say, got to give credit to Charlton. They got a few set plays up the other end. Uh, I think Hoffman made a, a half save, didn't he really? Tipped it around the post. Uh, and then we and then we really struggled to to get into our groove. I felt I thought they they penned us in for a good twenty minutes in that first half, um, and then Lavelle got injured, didn't he? he? Tried to nick a ball in front of Ross Stewart. I don't know if he hurt his knee or something, but he went off. And then we we picked up again. We seemed to get our second wind and had to go towards the end of the half. But no, I think if you you know come out second half, you're expecting us to to you know Lee Johnson's had a few words. I'd, I'd imagined at half time, can we come out get back on the front foot? But it just didn't really happen for us. We, we got into a lot of positions, uh, almost balls, you know, whether it was an under-hit pass or an over-hit pass, a, a loose touch. We just didn't get didn't get going at the weekend. And then the goal the goal summed it up, didn't it, really? It was, um, from their point of view, I thought Lecker was bright on the right-hand side. He, he, he had a little spell on the left as well, but he was bright for them. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Um, he, he puts the ball in. It's a, it's a deflected one up and over and then uh, I think Stockley's clever I think he he just gives Flanagan a little nudge just as Flanagan's about to spring to head it it just gives him a little bump yeah. and I think when you see it back Flanagan appeals I think Pritchard's on the edge of the box he appeal, appeals to the referee who's five yards away he doesn't spot it and then it's a bit of a mess after that Luke O'Neill handballs it trying to clear it um, the linesman flag goes up I think people think it's offside there was a bit of a in the ground wasn't there because I think the Sunderland fans thought it would give a foul, but I think he's flagged to say it had gone over the line. And then there was one or two minutes of, of people unsure what had happened, but it was a goal. And then we, we rallied a little bit, but we did, we never really tested the goalkeeper enough. Yeah, I think, you know, on Charlton, I know obviously you played in that team where, you know, Mick McCarthy was sacked and then Kevin Ball came in. I know he obviously was the t- under 21 manager. He wasn't yeah. part of the, the match day set up, uh, you know, first team coach or whatever at the time. Um, so slightly different there, but you know, how much impact could, you know, Johnny Jackson have in that few days? Cause I haven't, obviously haven't watched Charlton this season, but 
I mean, there was times in that first half where they had seven, eight players in our box when they were attacking. Um, yeah. You know, do you think that not so much a new manager bounce, but that change of maybe ideas or freshness just conspired, you know, where they've lifted it a bit, we've been not quite at it. And then as a result, it's kind of come together in a defeat. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Looking at Johnny Jackson, as I said there, he's obviously been part of the backroom staff, so he knows the lads, they know him. And whether he's got his own ideas, he may have tweaked one or two things. Looking at their formation, they look pretty much like a 4-3-3, I felt. The likes of George Dobson, who hadn't been playing under Adkins recently, I'm sure he was perhaps happy. You get lads who aren't involved, and from, from their point of view, I'm sure they're delighted that the manager's gone in a way because they're not playing it's an opportunity for them to get back into the team. So I say Dobson, there was four or five others who came back into the team for them. And uh, it gives them a little spring in their step. And, and obviously coming up to the stadium, we've, we've almost got that little bit of rivalry with Charlton since we've been at this level. And they had a good following as well in that top tier, a couple of thousand you know, supporting them after they've had a, a tough start to the season. But um, it all came together for them. I think Johnny Jackson had, had stepped in previously for one game as well when Lee Bowyer went and they yeah. won that game as well. So did, did, wasn't, said, he, said, wasn't he the manager for our nil-nil draw down there? Was that was that the one down there? Yeah, I'm when we drew nil-nil. Sure no, right. no, he wasn't. No, was he, was he, was not? he not? No. I suppose you're no. in charge of that one. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, it all came together for Charlton and unfortunately for us, we, we just couldn't get going throughout the 90 minutes and I'm sure we'll get onto the referee a little bit. And I spoke about him after the game on Saturday, but for me... Over the course of 90 minutes, the referee, yes, he does have a little bit of a, an effect on the game, but I don't think you can pin the blame on us losing that game entirely on the referee for, for the one or two decisions which went which went against us, perhaps. I don't think you can, but I'll go to Richard on this. <laughs> so you've yeah. probably got a slightly different perspective on it. But as a supporter, like I don't obviously know Danny's a, a supporter as well, so to speak, mm-hmm. but as somebody like you know goes to games and... <clears throat> You know, sees the absolute garbage referees I'd seen them, like rock up every week, especially since we've been in the you know in the third tier. Yeah, I mean, this guy was loving it, wasn't he? Let's be honest, he was like the pant. He was the pantomime villain. He was he was just having a great time. He was having the time of his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we mentioned it in in the group chat. It was very celebrity ref, and it was like every kind of every kind of headline and headline grabbing referee that 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 we've had in this, in this league, he was like top of the pops. Um, I don't, I don't, I think, you know what, I think what Lee, Lee Johnson said after the game was, was fairly kind of balanced really. I mean, he did criticize the referee, um, on, you know, for a number of occasions, including them um, like a handball, which I, I wasn't too sure about. Um, and he said there was a, there was a headbutt by, by Stockley on, on Flanagan. Um, I think, I think we just let uh, a lot of our, our defensive players let Stockley get to him, get to them. He was he was very as 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 Danny says, he was very clever. Um and he, he just wound us up and, and brought us into that trap. I don't think the referee could have done anything if it if he if it was a good referee, I think we would still lost that game. Um and it was just a lot of things conspired to us on this at the same time, really. Um but yeah, the referee was it was a good focal point on the day. Um for us to have a good boo at rather than kind of booing our own our own players who could boo the referee. I think it felt better to do that than rather rather than go to our own players on, on the day. Um but there was a there was a few players that, that you know that would have been worthy of it, I think. Um but but the referee not, was, was think, the pantomime villain there for us. 
Yeah, I take what you're saying, and, and you're right. There was probably, I don't think Sunderland fans are shy of showing this fast dissatisfaction at the team mm. if they haven't performed. Um, but at the same time, you're probably right to an extent. But I do. So I don't think you, I agree with Danny. He wasn't the reason we lost the game. No, but it's certainly no, it it's certainly just didn't didn't help, did it? In yeah. terms of is that it was a, there was a, an, a level of arrogance from the the referee mm. in the way he approached the game that you know wasn't appropriate. I didn't think really it was. I thought he was unprofessional, like in the way he was doing things. It just seemed as though he was he was just enjoying it far too much. Like mm. you know, he just wasn't. He was just doing strange, like the the gesturing and yeah, and the way he was giving decisions, and it just felt as though it was all. There was, he was just, think, it was like um, he was just feeding. It was like he was just feeding on the hate, yeah, like, and energizing from the frustration. It he was just like, absorbed it all, this. didn't he? Yeah, he was just like, I'm loving it. Mm. And it was, it was just like, if somebody's paying, you know, when you got people paying like 25 quid a ticket or spending hundreds of pounds on season tickets, I think like as supporters, you deserve a little bit more respect from an official, from the officials. And I know maybe some people might think, oh, that's a bit, you know, wet or whatever, but. Just think, you know, like you, we're not here to see you, mate. Like, <laughs> just you know, it's, it's exactly that, guys. I think um, you nail on the head. I was just going to go in there and say, you notice a good referee is one that you don't notice us on the pitch, isn't it? And when it becomes almost about him and too many incidents are going on where you are questioning the referee, I think we go back to our mate Carl Boyson. I think he refed us on Tuesday down at Crew, and mm. you know the tackle on Denver Hume late on in that left yeah. in that that, that left hand side, the lad's gone straight through his Achilles. Then was obviously just coming back from an injury, and somehow he gets a, a throw in, gives a throw in. It was never a throw in; it was either a foul or you know, I don't, that was I don't a red know. Card. It, that was a red yeah, card. Was one? Yeah, he comes straight down the back of Denver. So that's a, a daft one. And again, you you know, these referees are perhaps refing at this level for a reason. Even Premier League referees, you know, Mike Dean comes under the scope a lot of the time, doesn't he? He makes it a little bit about him as well. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think from what Richard's saying, if you uh, you know you you put those incidents in the spotlight, which have have had a, an effect on the game Saturday in terms of the result, uh, the goal they've scored, he could have given a, a free kick against Stockley for, for nudging Tom Flanagan, and then at the other end the handball, which is a big decision. I mean, we we from where we were sat and we only had the one camera at the weekend, and straight away we thought it hit the lad flush in the face. I think it was Jason Pierce who got the block. He's two yards away and it looked like it smacked him straight in the face. And then we see it a couple of times back, slowed down. And then only then you think, oh, has it missed him? Has it hit him up on his top of his arm? So we're getting the benefits of, of the replays, whereas you can, you know, trying to help the referee out because he did have a bit of a tough afternoon, but he doesn't get the benefits of the of the replays slowed down like ourselves. Maybe the linesman on the far side could have helped him out. But then I feel like we're clutching at straws a little bit in terms of the results if that's what the best thing we've got to go on arguing at a handball decision whereas we didn't create enough for the home team you know a chance to go top of the table against the side who are, who are lacking in confidence I just felt we didn't do enough over the course of that 90 minutes to, to win the game you know we didn't work McGillivray enough in goal Yeah I think you know bringing that on we can talk about some individual performances maybe and you know the context of the context of that and what it might mean for the team going forward and, and what maybe we need to look at it and go, well, you know, we had a really good spell over the course of the 13 games. 
but maybe it's highlighted some areas where, you know, not. I don't think we've papered over the cracks at all. I think it's been really positive and functional generally. However, with the injuries we've got, the options are kind of depleted in certain areas. <clears throat> um, I think midfield's probably the key area to look at here because with the injuries that we've had recently, I know Dijaku and, and Gucci back on the bench and Gucci came on, but he wasn't particularly mobile. He didn't look fit at all, I didn't think, Gucci. Um, mm. And... <clears throat> But you look at the the players who've started in the in the middle of the park and in or nine and um and uh, Neil, um and then you look at McGeady. I would say that the two of the midfielders were there was most talk about after the game at the weekend were McGeady and or nine. So I know Danny probably has to be a little bit more diplomatic about it than me and Richard probably do. Um, but I mean, look, McGeady was like one of them where you knew after five minutes. That it wasn't going to be a good, like he wasn't going to have a good game, and he does have those days. Um, credit to McGee, though, he does keep, he, he's not scared to keep trying the difficult things, and I know that's a frustration, but there's a guy that's a guy who's you know played at an international level and played in higher leagues over his career. And obviously that's why, you know, he's got he's got the quality and he's played at that standard. So I mean you've got to give him credit for keeping trying the things. But it is frustrating when it repeatedly doesn't come off, isn't it, Richard? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, as as you say, it was it was it was instant. It was like he's having one today. And that's fine. I mean, you expect that from from a winger to be a little bit streaky, but he's he's got that quality on the ball where he can pull something out of the bag and do something from nothing. I th- he could have been on the pitch for, for four hours on Saturday night. I don't think it would have come off from it. It was just one of those games. Um, but that's fine. I think I think he's done enough for us in the past to kind of to get past that. But it's it's the the substitutions, you know, that that didn't really work out. And it's uh, as as Gareth says, um, Gooch is coming coming off a, a, an injury and he needs minutes. Um, and I still, I think the jury's still out under Jacku and whether he's a player that you bring on when when we're chasing a game, or whether he's a flat track bully that that will score the fourth goal in a in a four nil win or a five nil win. It, you know, it's where we are, and it's you know we're learning more about our squad as as the games, you know, games crack on. We've, what we've played not thirteen games now, so you're getting an idea about you know the deficiencies in the squad and and where we'll need to be looking in in January to. To, to kind of fill the gaps. Yeah, I, I think um, if, you, if you look at it, and I said it again at the weekend, we, we obviously started with the same 11, which went down to crew and won 4-0. So I can see from Lee Johnson's point of view, he's thinking, if it isn't broke, don't fix it type of thing. You know, and very rarely last season did he stick with the same 11. I think it was 40 games before we'd actually stuck with the same 11 in a league fixture. Um, so I can see why he went with it. The bench was stronger, wasn't it? You had a few coming back on the bench as well. Alves, Gooch, uh, coming back in there. So we're not getting far far away from full strength. Broadhead is the one for me, which we need back as soon as possible to, to help Ross Stewart out up top. But yeah, in, in terms of Aidan McGeady, I think you're right in what you're saying. He, you know, he's got that quality and he can be having a, a, a quiet spell or a difficult spell in the game, but, you know, he's only that one or two seconds away from putting in a bit of quality uh, and, and creating or, or scoring a goal. And I think he, he did keep going, as you say. I think late on, he did actually put a couple of quite uh, good balls in across the five, a couple in across the six yard line. Nobody got on the end of, uh, I think he had the one second half where 
I said on comms, I felt he could have carried it on into the box. He, he shot, didn't he, from, a, from an angle. He was looking for the top corner. Fired over the crossbar. I, I fancied him there, you know, 1v1 drive at his man and, and do a little bit more. But he's going to have those games as some of the other lads are. And in terms of Diaku, he, he came on late on. He had one as well, similar, didn't he, where he spun on the edge of the box and fired it over the ball where I think the keeper was beat. So going back to what I said earlier, it was a game of almost for us where, you know, lads came on. Gooch came on as well. You, you said, Gareth, you didn't think he looked fit. Um, I think he was unfortunate late on. Again, going back to the referee, I think he rolled the centre-half and he was through and the centre-half held him back. Yeah. Um, should have pulled it up. It should have been a yellow card. And then Purrington, the fullback, managed to get back and make the tackle. So Gooch is, you know, he's been out for almost a month, I think, so he's going to need fitness. He, he hasn't played any 23s games or, or Papa John's to to build his fitness up. So he's come in almost at the deep end as well. But I think we need in that because we needed these options back at the, the top end of the pitch. Yeah. And as I said there, getting Broadhead back up there alongside um, Ross Stewart. If we do go back to playing a front two, I think you look at the Cheltenham game, it was perhaps our best performance. Yes, Cheltenham weren't great on the evening, but that could have been eight or nine nil on the night. And Broadhead was involved in a lot of the goals that evening. So we need to get him back as soon as possible. Yeah, and it's going, to, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get going as well, like you say, with as you've highlighted with Gooch. Um, I do like yeah. Gooch, and I think I know it's interesting the narrative around Sajaku. It's kind of, you know, someone like Gooch, I know he's been here longer, but he's not going to get, he's not going to get let off the same as, say, Sajaku would. It's like, he could Jack could do some bad things that Gooch would do, but it's not it's okay for him to do it at the moment. It isn't for Gooch. So he's got that kind of added pressure, I think, from a as a supporter's perspective. <clears throat> you know, I think that, that pressure will be on. Um I guess O'Brien as well, no he divides opinion, but he had that it sort of summed him up, I think, what a great bit of play down the left hand side and he does some really good things and gets the ball under control and drives inside. Wants to release a ball to the overlapping. I think it was uh, Winchester may have been overlapping into the box, and he he's absolutely shoveled it out for a, for a throw in. And it was just like I think that was a moment in the game where you were like, well, there's another moment in the game which we'll come on to where you were thinking, well, that's not it's not happening for us today. Um, <laughs> but that was the first one where you were like, no, yeah, th- th- we're not going to win this game. We're not even going to draw this game. We're we're not getting back into it. Coming on to that other incident, which I'm trying to sort of rub out from my mind. Feels like it didn't even happen for some reason. It's like a weird, surreal thing. Luke 09, um, standing over that free kick, which will, I don't know why, it's just it's kind of in, in, <laughs> imprinted in my mind as a moment of like where like it was like hopelessness personified. It was like, no, this isn't going to happen today. Um, I mean, fair play, <coughs> fair play to Luke for keep going. He's obviously got that shoulder problem and he seems to have a problem with his finger at the moment. I don't know. He, keep, he always seems to like try and like faff on with his hand or something every time he falls over. Um, mm. And he'll always like try hard and all that. But and he's been good for some games, but he's been not great recently, I think, at times. And he found it difficult at, at the weekend, didn't he, Richard? Yeah. Yeah. It was, was, wasn't one of his strongest games. I think. I think I was saying on a pod the other week when when O nine's playing in a more advanced position, you kind of see his deficiencies when he's next to players who are who are, who have more quality on the ball. Even the likes of like Pritchard and um, and Evans, if he's if he's on on the same side as them, they can they can pass a the ball better than he can. They can, he can 
you know, they can spot a pass. And I think when 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 nine tries to do too much, it, you kind of see those deficiencies in, in full view. It was different on Saturday. It was even the stuff that he was supposed to do well. I, I don't think he did too well at. And, you know, defensively, I, I don't, I'm not sure why. I, I, I know I'm, I'm reluctant to go too far in on him, but I'm not sure why he's appointed himself as being Sunderland's saviour and Sunderland's hero. He certainly has this kind of God complex where where he has to be the person who's who's saving the day. And I'm not sure where that's come from. I mean, it, it was highlighted incredibly by what, what he did on the on the line for the you know for for the goal, which it obviously it was the ball was dead because the ball had crossed the line, so therefore it wasn't a handball. But at that what what is he thinking at that stage of the game? You know what's going through your head. I'm, you know, I've, I've never been a professional footballer. Just fairly, fairly obvious if you've ever seen me play football. But um, you know, as even if you have like a kind of rush of blood to your head to throw yourself across the goal in in, in an attempt to save it, when there's still, you know, there's still a, a decent chunk of the game left, and there's no guarantees that Hoffman's gonna gonna save the penalty. It's not like Suarez in the last minute of 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 the you know the World Cup uh, semi final or quarter final. It's it's a completely different circumstance. What was he thinking? I don't understand it. I can't get my head around it. I was absolutely. I was still. I'm. That's the one thing I haven't got over from Saturday is is that that moment, and it may not mean anything now because he didn't get sent off and he didn't prevent the goal and and you know it doesn't really matter. But it. I think it's worthy of discussion. Really. No, I, I think as you said it there, it's it's a, it's a rush of blood. I think it's mm. one of those things. He's back on the line. Obviously, it's looped over the top of Hoffman. Uh, he knows he's beat and. You see players, you do, and you think, "What's he done there?" It's one of those where he perhaps does it. He jumps up, handballs it, and then before he's even had a chance to think about what he's doing, type of thing, maybe comes into your head. Or, you know, it might save the ball from going in. And as you say, there chance for for Hoffman to to save the penalty. Of course, it's highly unlikely that that's going to be the case. But the ball has already crossed the line, as you say. The linesman's flagged it's it's gone over the line, and you could see the ref, couldn't you, almost telling him off in in the back yeah, of the yeah. net when he was on the floor don't do that again type of thing. You know, he didn't get a booking or obviously certainly didn't get sent oh. off. Should have been um, a booking it, for... Yeah, yeah it could have been a booking. Yeah, should, it, it should have perhaps been yeah. a booking, I think. Yeah, as you say. Um, but yeah, in terms of his general play, now you've got Corey Evans coming back in there who's in and out of the team because he's he's having a reoccurring injuries. Not, I don't think it's the same injury. Um, and Luke, every game he seems to get a bash on his shoulder or you can see him, can't you, holding his shoulder. He looks like he's in pain. So it might be an opportunity for for Lee Johnson in the next few games. We've got games coming thick and fast to take him out of there, give him a break, say, try and get your shoulder fixed almost. You know, need to keep Corey Evans fit if we can. I think the thing that's killing us as well is with Huggins being out, he's still out for another month or two. You you would have the option then of moving Carl Winchester into the middle of the park as well Mm -hmm. alongside Dan Neal. So those those options are always taken away at the minute because we're short at, at fullback. Yes, you could perhaps... Play Denver at right back, but you know Denver's yeah. not really got a right foot either. As he, I, I wouldn't want to see Denver playing out there. So I think for, for this moment in time, I'd keep Winchester out there. I think he's doing a good job, um, and certainly keep Dan Neal in the middle. And then it's a case of do you go with Luke um, alongside him, or do you bring Corey Evans in, or do you go to a four-three-three and play Dan Neal as the sitter, and then you play a, a Pritchard and a I know Elliot Embleton suspended, but or an O'Brien. We've got options further forward now, so you could tinker the system. And just go with the one sitting in front of the back four, which could be Dan Neal. So, options there for for Lee Johnson, I think. Yeah, I think you know, 
it it, it would be handy, like you say. I think if we had Huggins, you could move Winchester in there, even in, and you'd have that option. Say with the squad yeah. as it is now. I know that Evans has come back in, but again, he's off the back of an injury and give. Or nine a bit of a rest, but I mean, I, it, I think a point Richard makes there about you know always doing these elaborate things, and you know when you think about some of the stuff he's done in games, it, it's. I just think you know maybe it's all very well him deciding he's going to take three kicks now because he's working on them on training. I think it'd probably be a lot more beneficial to the team if he worked on other things like, you know, his mentality at times. Now, I know like you do need a bit of nastiness sometimes, but it seems to have gone into overdrive in the last sort of half a year. I don't know. It's like Stu's yeah. rolling, like try, holding his face, rolling around the floor, like just like doing daft stuff like that. And he's always like, he loves doing the take one for the team mm. challenge where he's like, oh, I'm just going to wipe this person out and take yellow cards. It's like, well, the, yeah. sometimes it's like, well, the game's got loads of time to develop. So. Yeah. Like you know, he, that, he did that, that yet, and he, he did it he early does in the all, season, didn't when, he? When players are running clean through on goal, and he's mm. the last man, he'll always try and bring them down. And it's and like, it, you it, can it, be it, you can be a nasty, you can have a nasty streak, and be you can be clever about it. And that's why I was that's yeah. the point I was making about Stockley earlier. He he probably had a few fouls again. He did because it was like <clears> it was. I know. Um, I know. I mean, they, they were pulling the shirt was, off each other, weren't they? Yeah, times yeah. Johnson said it was like a judo game between between O'Neill and Stockley. And but you can you can be clever with it as well, and I, I think you know the players. I think players have a lot of respect for each other when they, when you've when you've had ninety minutes of kind of toe to toe battling, but it's always stayed on the right side of 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 the rules. And I think you know you could anyone can be nasty. You could just walk up to someone on the pitch and you know crack them over the face if you wanted to, but you've got to be you know <laughs> you've got to be a little bit more clever about it and and kind of develop the dark arts of the game which which as a, de- as a defensive midfielder that's what he's going to have to do yeah. it's I think yeah. I, I think um, yeah going back to that one actually with Stockley it was obviously Luke's job at the weekend to, to screen him he's done it before I think first game of the season up against Charlie White when they've when the yeah. opposition have got a big striker you know balls coming into them sometimes managers don't really want the centre halves going competing or if it's a flat ball you want your screener in there and that's what Luke's job was at the weekend well, Stockley's he's a strong lad. He's clever, as I say. He knows how to use his frame. And he was happy. To, he, was, he was getting the wrong side of Luke. And every time the ball was going in, as you said, some free kicks were going for Luke. Some were going for Stockley. And that was the case throughout the 90 minutes. Um, but that was his job. I, I felt sometimes, though, Stockley was focusing too much on Luke. And I think that that's where you need Flanagan or Doyle to come over the top of him then, come and meet the ball at its highest point. When he's trying to compete and he's getting involved with Luke O'Neill, that's where the centre-half can come through, I felt. You know, I've been there myself at times. If I'm up against the big lump, I'd want a screener, just screen those flat balls into him. And then it, the striker almost becomes obsessed with wrestling with the man in front of them. And then you can go and meet the ball. And I felt we could have done that a little bit better at the weekend as well. And I know the fans were getting frustrated. They felt sometimes that you could see the shirts were being pulled. But it was for me, it was both. I think Luke pulled yeah. him at first half. He was stretching for the ball. Stopped. Luke pulled him down. He got the free kick. There was one by the dugout second half where Luke, as you said, Gareth, went over on the floor holding his face like he'd been caught, didn't get the decision. Then he's up on his feet again. He's trying to get involved. So, uh, yeah, I think he maybe has got to try and take that side out of his game a little bit where he's trying to kid referees at times and just focus, as you say, getting back on doing the basics well. You know, those 10, 15-yard balls, just just getting it getting it down, give it to Dan Neal, give it to Pritchard Embleton, whoever's in front of him, and just do that side of the game, I think. I mean, you know, if you, I know Lee Cantwell gets that whole thing about him 
get getting red cards and being sent off. But in his last five or six years at Sunderland, I think he only got sent off once on the pitch. Catamore, I think mm. it was. A, I think it might have been Wolves um, in the Championship. Um, I can't recall him getting sent off when we've been in League One. And I think before that, his only red card was, I think he was arguing with Mike Dean after the whistle in the derby and he got sent off. Yeah. You know, you look at Lugo 9 in the three, four years he's been at Sunderland, I think he's been sent off two or three times. Um, just doing stu- like stupid things. I think he got mm. sent off down at, uh, was it Peterborough? I think he got sent off a fight with, uh, with Tony. And he got sent off. I think it was for a last man challenge. I think in a in a game a couple of years ago, or maybe last year. So yeah, it was Portsmouth. I think wasn't it? But he was playing left back. I think that was it. Yeah, that was a difficult one. Yeah. That was sort of getting involved. He got threaded in behind him, didn't it? And he just yeah, caught the lad. He just, tri- think, yeah. just tripped him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, was it Williams? I think it might have been for them. I can't remember the lad with the ponytail. Um, but yeah, just you know, he does a lot of good things. And I know some people think we've got some sort of agenda against him, but you know, on. You can't just like somebody because they're running around grinning all the time, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, beating the chest. There's got to come a point where, you know, you're allowed to criticize and analyze people, you know, yeah. people's performance over time. And this is somebody who held out for a new deal in the summer to get the best deal possible for himself. He's 27. You know, he's not, he's not, it's not like he's a 22 year old. You know what I mean? He should be coming into his prime now. And he's always got better, I think, as season's gone on and with new challenges. I think would say this is probably the the biggest challenge he's had probably all nine, I would say, since since he's came. Like the first since he had that stinker against Charlton first game. Mm. And uh kind of we didn't see him for a little while until he got that opportunity right back. Um the first time he's really had a go in midfield, because obviously he's been playing right back and centre back um after that. So this is a challenge for him, isn't it, to, to prove himself as in the position he wants to play in. So, yeah, you know, maybe he needs to sort of dial back on some of the daft stuff and focus on some of the better things about him and don't don't get anywhere near a free kick on the edge of the box, please. I don't care how much you're, like, practising them in training. Just because you're practising something doesn't mean you can be good at it, especially when you've got McGeady standing 10 yards away. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, they've obviously pre-agreed this before the game, but... Like if I was McGeady standing ten yards away, I'd be thinking, why aren't I, why why am I not taking this free kick? But I mean, I practice the guitar doesn't mean I'm going to play live aid. <laughs> why not? I thought you, you were saying you were. Also, live aid was 1985. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep going, keep going Rick. Anyway, um, we'll leave it there. We'll have a bit of a break, um, and then we'll come back. And we'll have a little bit of a chat about uh, the game tomorrow night or Tuesday night, depending on when you listen to this, um, in the Carabao Cup at Loftus Road. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, so, we're off to, it's, I said it was Loftus Road. It's Danny correctly um, corrected me. It's not. It's the Kane Print Stadium now. Sorry, um, but yes. Um, if you've ever been there, we're just talking about how it's right. You know, the, you're right on top of the pitch there. It's like a, it's it's a bit of a, a very much a throwback. Um, yeah. I think there was it's sold out, isn't it? I guess the London branch are probably. Uh, Taking a few there, um, as well as all the, the lads and lasses will be travelling down. Um, and what kind of team uh, can we expect them to see tomorrow night, Danny? Do you think? Uh, from our point of view, I know people will be will be questioning the starting eleven, and you know what's the importance of it really. And obviously, they're, they're thinking we're not going to go on and win it, but we're at the stage where we can get into the quarterfinals. Um, certainly, a winnable game, isn't it? I know they've they've been a little bit up and down themselves in the league at this last few weeks but I think looking at our bench from the weekend I'd expect Burge to play Hume Wright Alves Corey Evans Iaku and, and Lyndon Gooch possibly um, so there's six or seven straight away maybe one or two from the weekend will stay in and then you've got the likes of, of, of Stephen Wern that'll possibly come in Will Harris got himself a hat-trick last week he might look at resting Ross Stewart so I think we can still go down there with a strong team and some lads who need some game time, you know, the likes of Corey Evans, Alves come back from injury, need to get some minutes in them, Denver Hume still. So I think we'll go there, give it a good go. And then, as you say, you get, if we do manage to win, you get through to the quarters and you possibly get one of the big boys. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you know, the play, seven players you listed there. If you bring them in, you take yeah. Stuart out, you know, does O'Brien probably goes in there as you, your front man doesn't he really? Um, especially with the players coming back, you'd probably afford to, to play him again. I don't know. Um, and then you'd have what Neil Evans and, and Pritchard in the middle. I think I think they've got. A, I know they've started younger lads in the games previously, but I feel as though you can't read. I, I feel as though you, you can have them on the bench, but I think we need to field there. Um, you know, a, a pretty much a, a senior side. Um, uh, Alves aside, of course, obviously. Um, I think I feel as though we need to, to bring more senior players into that starting eleven. I don't know if you agree, Richard. No, no, I agree. Um, I wouldn't. I'd be reluctant to kind of to put a, a second a second string. I think it's, it's as Daniel says, it's like a it's a first string plus not by one point five in it as opposed to a, a second string. Um, but I think that you know we've got a strong squad. You know we've, we have we have got quite a deep squad of. Of talent, we haven't really seen that much of Alves, so it would be nice to see see him over another ninety. Um, same same for the Jacku, you know, he's he's still he's still getting to grips with with the pace of the English game, and um, it would be nice to see nice to see a few a few faces in there. Um, and it's you know it's 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 not going to be something that that 
that we that we need to put a second string out for. It it shouldn't be something that would that we deprioritize. I think it's it's a, as 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 you say, it's a good opportunity to get ourselves a decent a decent tie next round. And obviously, we're not going to go and win the league cup, but you know, it gets us in that it gets us in that window of people being able to see that 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 there's change here and it's not it's not the club that everyone has to laugh at anymore saying that we might get Man City in the semi-finals and lose 10-0 you know but (laughs) it's it's an opportunity and I don't think I don't think any of the players will be going in saying oh well it doesn't matter if we lose this you know the big the big focus is on the league it's it's a game that they're going to be going into with you know 100% preparation and concentration for and 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 it's it's one that we should be going out there to, to get the best results I think as well. You're looking to the to the weekend. You know we've had a poor result at the, on Saturday. It's a chance for some of these boys now who are coming back in. If, if if the lads off the bench, as we've mentioned, if they do start and they put in a good performance, then they're in Lee Johnson's mind for for the team at Rotherham at the weekend, aren't they? And then you know tough fixtures coming up: Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. After the defeat on Saturday, we need to get back to it. We dropped down. I know it's still looking at the table and it's early doors, but dropped down to fourth. It's a to cluster the teams up the top of the table there and coming up against sides who you'd expect to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. So uh, a lot, I'm sure, for Lee Johnson to ponder over the weekend and he'll be looking forward to tomorrow. I'm sure the, the lads we've mentioned there, he'll be going for the strongest team like that. Maybe resting the likes of Winchester, as I said, Ross Stewart possibly. Uh, but there's opportunities for these other boys now coming back from injuries to, to go and stake a claim for, for a shirt for the weekend. We're going to play one of their <clears throat> games in hand tomorrow night. Um, can't, I think they've got Lincoln tomorrow, Wigan. So, you know, if you've got one eye on the league, <clears throat> um, you know, that result will obviously have a bearing on, you know, how we're feeling about that, especially. I think, that's, you know, I don't know if people say, oh, it doesn't really matter if you lose the game and it's going to be a tough game and, you know, we're not, we won't be favourites. Um, which will be a rarity because we always are um, every week, really. Um, in in League One, um, I think that you know to win the game would be, you know, is important with that Wigan game in a way because psychologically, if you you know you lose two games in a row, you got a tough game at the weekend. Wigan wins, say, and then you're a bit like, oh no, like they've got the they've got the next slightly ahead sort of thing. So, you know, I don't buy into the oh well it doesn't matter if you if you lose a game sort of thing. I think, you know, I want to make sure that whoever we, we put out is capable of winning the game. And I, that's why I'd, I'd be a bit more reluctant to to make yeah, I'm, I'm, the seven changes you've suggested, Danny, I think are fair enough. Um but I wouldn't be like thinking about bringing in you know, people like Harris and and, and weren't to like start the game personally. I know you're on the bench that. and maybe no, no. Yeah. I'm saying you maybe give them a bit of game time, and I think as well, it's you know you mentioned there we've lost at the weekend, and you want to get back to that mentality of winning games again. If we lose at the weekend, go down there and lose again, and it's keeping that that atmosphere up, isn't it, around the training ground as well? We don't want to get into a rut all, all of a sudden of, of losing games of football. If we go down there, put on a good performance, and come away with the result, then the lads get back to the training ground Wednesday or Thursday. Everyone's in good spirits again. Back out on the training pitch, ready for the weekend for a tough game. Yeah, two two tough ones coming up, I guess. And I know Chef Word haven't had the the best of times recently, but you know they've still got good players, um, and uh, you know it'll be a, a good atmosphere given the 
you know, the, the size of the clubs and stuff like that kind of changes, I think, the context of the game a little bit. Um, but obviously, a... we'll, we'll be coming on to that one in the in, a, in the next few days, I guess. <clears throat> Won't be talking about that now. Um, but, you know, shall we do a... I know they do predictions on the Thursday one. Shall we? Do you want to do a prediction for the game? I guess, tell you what, actually, on the game tomorrow as well, no extra timers or it's straight to pens, isn't it? Straight to pens. I think so, so you've yeah. Got that. You've got that, you know, draw the game and get yourself into a situation where you could win it and penalty shoot out. Team from level above have been pretty decent. Wouldn't be a bad situation to be in. But give us a score prediction if you want, Richard and Danny. You can do one too. Okay. I'm going to take a 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw and then, uh, then we'll nick it on pens. Well, I'm going to go with you, but I'm going to go 2-2 draw and we will win it on penalties as well. That was going to be mine, 2-2, two, two, and oh, yeah. win on pens. So. <laughs> Desmond. We're winning on, we're winning on penalties. That's basically what's happening. So that's something to look we'll for. That, yeah. that tension, that tension when it comes, don't worry about it. We went out at the, uh, in that, not last year, year before, didn't we, on, on pens at the same stage to, to Oxford. Good idea. Um, that's right, sir. yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, we've been there before. Bit of a lottery, um, isn't it? If you get to penalties, you, you know. You're open and your keeper can pull one or two out, so you have to see. But uh, no, let's just in, in the 90 minutes give a good good account of themselves and put in a put in a half decent performance. I think. Yeah, well, Donny might um, sub uh, John with a minute to go if it goes to penalties. <laughs> <laughs> a discussion for another podcast. Though, <laughs> yeah, have you got any anything else to finish with, Richard? Any EUAX tips? We've been talking about EUAX in the group chat today. Have you got any EUAX tips? Um. It's just an affliction I've suffered with. Um, I'd, I'd just say maintain it with oil, <laughs> olive oil drops, medicated olive oil, oil drops. drops. You get any you get it from your home bargains, you get them B&M, you get them from Boots. Um, there you go. And just a couple of drops in there, maybe once a week. Keeps, them, keeps everything limber in there. There you go. Everyone's got, they're all going on about syringe and you see or half the lads in the group are like, oh. Oh, to me, it's the best film in the world to have your ear syringe. Have you ever had your ear syringe, Danny? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, I think I've dropped onto Dr. Hillary here on uh, this morning, <laughs> isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, we'll leave. We'll leave it there. I think before um, you know, Richard gets far too too excited um, about his earwax. Um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, me and Richard are going to be back on Thursday because uh, um, we, we're doing like uh, we're actually meeting up in person and doing a podcast for the first time in ages. So obviously, it's a bit a bit of a stretch for Tom to jet in uh, yeah. from Austria. Um, so yeah, we're going to go and do one, and that'll be nice to see to do it and see people and things like that, isn't it? Because that's a thing now. You're allowed to see people. It'd be weird. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing shorts now. It's all like. You know, it's I kind of got myself into that nice, comfortable position of yeah. not having to not having to dress for a podcast. I mean, yeah, a dress, obviously, a dress. <laughs> yeah, good. You know, don't take it too far, but yeah, it's going to be weird, but fun. You're still allowed. You're still allowed shorts in a pub, Rick. I know it's been a while since pubs were you know closed or whatever, but I think I know it's October, and but you're still still going in your shorts, mate. No, if you want, I might, I might give it, it a go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on that bombshell image of uh, Richard um, partially naked and um, we'll leave you there and we'll, we'll see you again on Thursday or you'll hear from us again on Thursday thank you for listening <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 